You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you with a listener question specific show. We haven't done these this one of these for a couple of weeks, and we wanted to get to one. Obviously, we're getting closer to training camp. And as usual, I'm joined by John Sheeran. John, uh, happy Friday to you, man. Hopefully, uh, this whole episode gets everybody's weekend off to a good start, right? Happy Friday to you, my friend, as well. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm kind of glad this week's behind me. Truth be told, there's, there's been a lot of ancillary noise. Did you get those tires? I, I literally just got them before I, I, I got home like 20 minutes ago. Um, so, uh, just got that taken care of and yes, everything. And then, and my house is a lot cooler. So we're, we're, we're good. This, we're good. This it's, is why you guys have to download the podcast. So Anthony, yeah, yeah, exactly. The pocketbook's definitely lighter this week. That is, that is for sure. So please, please, if, if you want us to be the, uh, the panhandlers on the corner, please download the show. Anyway, uh, welcome to the listener question episode in, uh, in this second week of July. As I mentioned, we've, um, we've got a couple of questions. Uh, well, I haven't mentioned that. We have a couple of questions teed up. But as I did mention, we are getting closer to training camp, hence the questions that have come our way. We're going to start getting to some of those, um, spend a little time here. But if you want yours to potentially be answered on the air here or in a Cincy Jungle mailbag feature, um, you can get them to us via email, theobinsider at gmail.com. We've got an eye on, on things there. You can tweet them at us at BanglesOBI on Twitter. Uh, we're in the live YouTube chat, so leave a question in there. We will try to, to monitor those. Uh, John, I'm probably going to need your your set of eyes as well for some of these here there's a lot of a lot of different places to scour um and then we have a, a live comment thread uh, on cincyjungle.com if you, that is where you would prefer to leave your questions we've got that and then of course you can shoot us a call or text on our obi line 949-542-6241 so let's jump right into it in no particular order john uh in terms of when we receive them or anything like that necessarily but uh, we did uh, the first one we're going to get to is from John Telly. It was an email. Um, Anthony and John, uh, most of the offseason, uh, I have a topic I'd love for you to discuss. Most of the offseason is focused on the offensive side of the ball, but I think uh, changes to the defense will have a bigger impact on wins and losses. Specifically, I think the linebackers are the biggest problem that the team has. Ha- have the offseason changes been enough to make an impact, or should? Um, 
I uh, should adding tight ends, pass catching running backs. Um, sorry, there's a little bit of a typo here. Um, oh, should I think about adding tight ends and pass catching running backs that face the Bengals to my fantasy team? I, I, there it is. Uh, so, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's always to, to me, short answer. Yes. You should to the latter part of the question. I think that's just a safe bet in general, but your thoughts on the overarching question there, John. Well, like the whole concern was that they didn't hire a defensive coordinator until like the NFL combine. And the one that they did hire has never been an NFL, an NFL defensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, any level higher than like low level, low level college. So those questions with Lou Anarumo and, and his scheme coming in and how he's going to do things with, with the defensive personnel that they have. And you have to think that the personnel in general is not that much different than last year, specifically with, with the secondary, with, with the defensive line. The major overhauls was with the linebackers. And the, the main storyline with that was just drafting a guy in the third round and bringing back a meddling linebacker in Preston Brown. So overall, there's not a lot of new faces, but the one main new face is the guy that they're counting on to, to do all these, to, to make everything better and just improve the overall efficiency of, of the defense. And I don't think it's something that's going to happen in the span of one year. Um, specifically because, you know, how unproven their, their new defense coordinator is and to put all that pressure on him in just one season is kind of unfair. So I, it's hard for them to be worse, obviously, because they finished last in pass defense last year and, and bottom three in expected points. So even with Marvin Lewis taking over last year, it just wasn't enough to really make that much of an impact over a season-long ranking standpoint. But they're going to be better in, in, in some capacities, specifically because guys are returning on, on the defense line that, that should help the pass rush. But, you know, I don't expect this defense to be dominant in any way, shape, or form. There's obviously still quality players on this defense, and provided if they stay healthy, they're going to make a big impact with that. But to say, you know, that this is like a top half of the league unit after one year of being the worst is probably a little bit far-fetched, but I, I do like the moves that they made. I just wish they could have made a little bit more, but there's only so much that you can ask with the Bengals and what they can do over over the span of one offseason, specifically with just addressing a, a need as big as the defense was. Right. Uh, you know, like you said, it's hard to imagine that the – that the Bengals defense would be any worse. Um, you know, we're, we're going to talk, we've got another question about linebackers that we'll get to in just a little bit uh, here that, that came our way. So I don't want to belabor the point of, of necessarily the linebackers. I think you made a lot of good points there though, John, the one thing I want to say is that like you, I don't know that this is going to be a dominant defense or anything like that. I think if they can get to kind of like what I've said about the offensive line, if they can get to the average to above average level, um, I think this team will have a good chance at making some noise, being very competitive, maybe pushing for a wild card spot again if they're healthy. Um, but, uh, you know, it, to me, it's cleaning up the little things, uh, right? And I, I, look at, I look at the defense. The tackling still was pretty poor uh, at times last year, even bringing in a Preston Brown, a guy who was known for tackling. So that's why you bring back a Preston Brown. That's why you bring in a Jermaine Pratt, a guy – who is also known as a great tackler in college. Um, so, you know, it's it's shoring up that aspect to get you off of the field on third down and, and keep and putting the offense, the opposing offense in more difficult third down situations. So instead of a third and two, you know, you make the tackle at first contact, it's third and seven, third and eight. 
um, you know, situations like that where you're not putting yourself against the wall by by making these unforced errors. The other area that I would like to see the Bengals clean up on defense, my lord, the dropped interceptions. Um, and, and I don't know exactly what would go into that. Bring in the judge machine and and you know work on that all off season. But um, you know you've got these highly athletic corners and defensive backs. Um, really none of them were immune to dropping easy interceptions last year. Um, and, and you look across the board, their trio of former first round corners, Darquez, Denard, William Jackson, Drake, Kirkpatrick, none of them had an interception last year. So uh, that kills you. And uh, aside from just getting off of the field and forcing a punt uh, on third down, it's also about making those splash plays, those wow plays to really flip the field position, give your team a, a short field and, and working working that way by taking care of the opportunities that are that are really in your hands. Um, metaphor, you know, literally and figuratively, uh, you know, the Bengals, I think if they can do that, especially from their cornerback positions, I think that's going to go a long way with the defense. And that's going to go a long way with the team success, as John was talking about. We do have a, a caller on our, on the line, and it's our good friend Terrell, John. Terrell, how are you, sir? How y'all doing? Uh, I got to say, though, uh, everything y'all just said was, like, right on point, like, right on point, like, for real. And I'm just trying to say this, though. Uh, when Jonas uh, Williams um, got, we all knew that he uh, was injured for the uh, rest of the year, that basically, I feel like that was, like, our design pick for the office of mine. And I and I uh and I was once he went down, I, I just felt like this about to be a rebuild uh, type year. And I'm not even saying that because even outside the the draft, I feel like we still ain't got enough weapons for real. And then on top of that, I feel like even even if uh don't have a big year or a big year rebound year, I, I would like franchise him and then still grab a first round quarterback. And then uh, like you said, we already got to deal with. The defense and um and just the terminology, just everybody getting you know, familiar with Zach Taylor. And another thing, I mean, I'm kind of scared of Zach Taylor by him, even though he's a he's a uh, football guy. It's still his first time uh, calling a play, so that's just a little scary though to me. But I'm just trying to share a little something I was feeling though. I just felt like once Jonah Williams gone, I felt like yeah, ain't gonna play out thing. It's it's definitely a, a the largest hit to the biggest question mark in terms of position groups on this team. Uh, we'll we'll continue to chat about what you were saying there, Terrell. Terrell off the air. Thanks for calling, man. It's good to hear from you. It's been a little while. All right, take it easy, bud. Um, obviously, a big hit to the offensive line, John. Um, it's funny though, kind of kind of to encapsulate a little bit of what Terrell just said, in in his attitude, I think encompasses a lot of Bengals fans out there because with this offseason, it's almost been a week-to-week attitude change in terms of how we feel about this team, right? It's like, oh, yeah, they're finally making the coaching change. Wow, this this is a hot name. Sounds good. Then it was all the mess with gathering the rest of the staff, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is just a dumpster fire. Then you get into the draft, and you're like, wow, good class. Okay, sounds good. Then you get into the camps. Things that this team might might shock some people. Then you lose your first round pick, and now we're back to kind of feeling down in the dumps a little bit here. So, you know, I, I'm kind of getting that vibe from Terrell. And and now when you, you know, when you start 
thinking thinking about those doubts again, a thing like what Terrell brought up in the play calling aspect with with Zach Taylor is something that scares people. So I don't know any additional thoughts on on that and what Terrell uh, shared with us on that call there. I think it just goes to show you how long and daunting the offseason can be and how long it is between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the preseason. At this point, we just want to see him play games. Like, I don't know what the expectation level really is for this team. <laughs> I know there's a lot of evidence that, that supports that it can't really be worse from a record standpoint last season with all the injuries that they went through and, and all the other things that should see some positive regression this year. But at the same time, again, you have an unproven offensive you have an unproven head coach offense coordinator defense coordinator trio here that's just kind of just winging it here with the remainders of you know the, the majority of like the last three draft classes that still need to have a lot to prove so you know like on there, there, there shouldn't be expectations of them winning the division but there shouldn't be any expectations of them being amongst the bottom of the barrel in the nfl so at this point let's just play the games like uh, i'm talk is talk and you know, however many things can happen have happened. So at, at this point, I just want to see what, what we have to offer because we're, we're still kind of phasing out of, in a transition period of, you know, what, the Bengals that we used to know under Marvin Lewis. And now we're in a whole new era and we don't really know what to expect with, with the roster that we're given and the coaches that, that we have to, to look for. So, you know, d- just seeing some on-field results can give us some more clarity about what we can really expect with who's kind of running the show now. And that's, I think that's just the, the important thing that we need to establish. Yep. Uh, let's move on to a, uh, and I, by the way, that I thought that was an interesting statement. Um, and I think I caught, caught it that, that uh, Terrell said, you know, franchise Dalton and draft a, a first round quarterback. I thought that that's interesting. Um, we've got another There's call. Also two left, so. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that after like yeah. years. Yeah, I, I think that's right. We've got another call coming in here. We're gonna we're gonna grab that. Hey, this is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? Aaron Rowe. Aaron? Yes. Hey, how you doing, bud? Good, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I have a question about uh about after like you know during training camp and stuff like that when uh other teams start to make cuts and stuff like that. I know the Cincinnati Bengals ain't uh, the type of team to to go out and really. Our team's pretty much probably set as is. Uh, I'm just wondering if y'all think that you know, with the the injury of Jonah Williams, and uh, once camp starts off and stuff like that, if uh, Zach Taylor and them, if they if they see any major holes in the team that they think that they can fix with maybe an acquisition from somebody getting cut or anything like that. Do you think they'll pull the trigger on it, or do you probably think, like I think, and this what our roster is right now? That's probably what it is going into the season. I, I actually, uh, that's a that's a great question, by the way. Is that is this your first time calling in, Aaron? No, I called. Uh, I can't remember the exact day. I'm a Duke fan. I remember the night of the Duke and North Carolina game. Whenever oh. Zion Okay. But I, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Well, we haven't heard from yeah. from you for a while, then. But uh, good, good yeah, to hear from you. Great, great question. We're gonna we're gonna take you off the air here. But uh, thanks for calling in. But great question. Um, I, you know, I think I don't think this roster set, John. I I think with this new staff, and uh, I think they're still trying to find the pieces now, especially with an injury to 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 Jonah Williams. I think that they may still tinker with some things. Now, unfortunately, their window is limited. And the resources that are out there are limited. 
Um, so that it's going to have to be a trade or one of these last minute cut down day type of waiver wire transactions, um, which I think that's where the Bengals go. What about you? Yeah, like what they have specifically at offensive tackle is just not going to cut it from a depth perspective. And like, like, like we said a couple of weeks back, the, the guys at that position who get cut towards the end of training camp and preseason, they're not going to make a difference to you if they have to play. But just, just from who they have backing up both Cordy Glenn and Bobby Hart, as bad as Bobby Hart is, the, the, the guys that they have behind him in case he gets hurt are even worse. And there's definitely potentially some guys who – you know, may not make a better roster or a better tackle room who can make their tackle room tackle room better. So they should definitely keep their eyes open for that. But again, it's like, it's, it's this mindset of, okay, that's kind of how, you know, they did things when Marvin Lewis was there. We don't really know how aggressive Zach Taylor is going to be towards the end of cutdowns and how much of a shakeup the roster is going to be when they, when they have to make final cuts. And, you know, obviously they're, you know, Tobin and his staff are obviously looking for other avenues and other players. It's just a matter of how aggressive they're going to be in, in terms of pursuing guys that would be clear upgrades. And there's always those potential possibilities that, that just have never been fully pursued. They might have been considered, but they just haven't been, you know, able to pull the trigger yet. So that's going to be something interesting to watch because definitely at the offensive tackle position, there's going to be talent available that can help them in terms of depth. Um. I think that this next question, this email is a good segue both on the topic that we're talking about in terms of examining the roster, what they have, as well as maybe looking at outside help. Um, but good. For, thanks, Aaron, for the call. That was a good, that was a good question. I, th I think that the Bengals are not done personally um, shuffling around with the roster before we get to this uh, nice segue email kind of bridging a couple of topics we've just talked about. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast listener question episode. You can get this program on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on Megaphone as well as on YouTube and CincyJungle.com. And that's where uh, both CincyJungle.com and YouTube right now, that's where we're going live for these, where you can submit your questions along with all of the other areas, our OBI line, email, Twitter. You can get in touch with us. We're going to be here for a few more minutes and try and get to as, as many of these as possible. The ones we cannot get to, we will try and get those in a Cincy Jungle mailbag feature. But thank you all. We've got a lot of questions um, coming in. So thank you very much for that. Kind of to piggyback a little bit on uh, the first question from John Telly and, and the call we just got from Aaron. Um, yeah, this is kind of a longer email, so I won't read all of it, but it, the, the subject line was Malik Jefferson. Um, you know, talking about Malik Jefferson's, it seems the Bengals wasted a year of Malik Jefferson's development, how they used him or how I would say didn't use him. Um, I understand he wasn't ready to be a starter, but – how do you expect a linebacker to develop when they see mostly time on special teams and not on defense? Um, is there something I'm missing? Like Jefferson had trouble adapting to the, the level of talent in the NFL. Am I wrong in my assessment? How do you develop a player who has more athleticism than NFL skills? And I, I want you to largely answer this question, John, but I'm just going to say this. I mean, I, I think the Bengals went into the, to the, year with the mindset of this is a project guy there's a lot of clay to mold but it's going to take time but unfortunately some sometimes with those guys you never know if they're actually just a gamer and you know what you're what you're seeing or not seeing in practice is not necessarily the same thing you do or don't see from them in a game there are just players that are like that um, I don't know if Jefferson is that way but um, that's kind of 
my fence riding position on on this, I guess. Uh, what do you think, John? I mean, is is this a guy that the Bengals should ever rely on, um, or is he just going to be one of those kind of, I don't know, backup guys or just a continuous project that never pans out? I don't know. Anybody that I've ever talked to who's had any experience either coaching or playing will tell you the same thing, and that's you don't get better at football by not playing football. And I think Jefferson was just one of those guys that you just kind of have to take the good with the bad in order for him to just kind of iron out the kinks of his game and just get more comfortable. And I think with, with Marvin Lewis and, and his tenure, it was always about it was always about a lack of trust, specifically with young players and definitely with a guy like Jefferson who just wasn't ready to contribute at a high level early on. And if you're just not ready to do that and your defense is already at the bottom of the barrel and you're trying to get the best product out of there, I think that only amplified the situation with Jefferson even worse for him, you know, your assignments and, and do the right things. I know you're fast and you're, and you're athletic and you're strong and all that, and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, sorry, I had a baseball there. Uh, at the same time, you know, it was always the thing with Marvin where it's like, he's going to trust his veterans to get the job done more than him. And unfortunately Je- Jefferson was just kind of just, in the worst of in the worst of both worlds where the defense just wasn't ready to add him and kind of uh, allow him to grow on, under their guidance where they were just trying to you know fight to survive and how the season was going at that point so i don't think they necessarily wasted their development so much because it's only been a year and he's still really young he's not even 22 or 23 years old yet but i, I definitely think he was kind of bad situation last year and i i'm not giving up on him as a prospect and i expect him to get opportunities to make a, a, a big contribution this year and uh, unfortunately how last year happened happened but it's still very early in Jefferson's career I'm not giving up on them yet yeah it's going to be interesting to see if you know you would like to think that guys like John Ross and Malik Jefferson are, are starting with the slate clean with this staff right I mean you would like to think that right they're going to get a fresh start a new you know fresh set of eyes without any preconceived notions um I don't you know I don't know if that's truly going to 100% be the case and, and some of these guys will get more uh, opportunities, but we'll see. Um, we're going we're gonna to continue on here. We got a text from Jason. I believe it was from Jason Von Stein. What Bengals records could be broken this year? Kind of a fun little one. It's a good uh, one. You know, I, I think uh, didn't Dunlap hold the single season sack record? Was it 13.5? Um, so, well, all right. Are we going to say that, or are we going to go? With well, the, you could do that. Yeah, you could. You could do the koi bacon thing. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I know that one, but you know that one just wasn't com- totally registered. I mean, if if you're going to say if you're going to say the non koi bacon single season sack record, I think that is something that could be attainable by somebody, whether that's yeah. Lawson or Hubbard. That's that's not an outrageous number. Now the bacon one, I that's just not. Yeah. Um, but that's not, you know, that's not in the record books officially. So that's one I can, I'm just off the top of my head that I can, I can think of, um, that, that should be, um, maybe it's even Dunlap who betters himself or, or Atkins or I don't know, but there, there are guys there who can get after the passer. So maybe one of those guys breaks that record. That's just one off the top of my head. There's only been two 4,000 yard passers to Bengals history and Andy Dolan's one of them. and. 2016, you know, largely a, an unsuccessful year for the Bengals. He still had 4,200 uh, passing yards, and that was about 90 less than the career, the, the, the team record that he set in 2013. Like, 4,300 passing yards is, is like nothing today in the NFL. It's averaging about 260, 270 yards a game if, you know, 
if everything goes right for this offense, uh, I don't see a reason why Dalton wouldn't be able to hit 44, 4,500 yards and break his own record. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the bears, you know, like they, they just haven't had a lot of great quarterbacks in their history, specifically on this side of the century mark where passing the ball was a lot better. Like Ken Anderson only had, I think his, his career high for a season was about 3,100, but you know, that was back in the seventies and eighties. So there, there just hasn't been a lot of prolific passers in Bengals history. And, and, and if Dalton, you know, has about 550, 600 attempts, average about seven and a half, he could easily break his own record. And I think that's that shouldn't be completely off the table, even if we're hearing all this stuff about how this is going to be like a run first team. If there's going to be explosive opportunities down the field, his yards per attempt could go up just, you know, even 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 with him not improving that much, he could just break his own record by just just sheer luck and and how well this offense could be. Yeah, you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, run first team, and Michael Myers in the live YouTube chat said, you know, rushing yards, LOL. But fourteen fifty eight. Um, I mean, that's that's a high number, especially in the landscape of today's NFL. But that's not that. You know, we're not talking Eric Dickerson or you know crazy eighteen hundred yard Adrian Peterson type of type of season there. So um, you know that that could be something that. Uh, if Mixon's healthy, the offensive line plays better, and the Bengals are feeding him quite a bit, the ball quite a bit. You know that could be something where maybe he breaks that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. We're going a little long here, but I, I we did get a couple of texts from uh, a a listener, Isaac. Uh, we can kind of we can kind of end on this one, and this is I guess this will be to be continued offline with Isaac. But uh, he asks. Um, what um how you guys got in, in the podcast business and uh some steps he could take towards that um steps steps he can take i mean we can talk about that a little bit more in depth off- offline uh via email or, or what have you isaac um i i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this um there, there a lot of you know based on you know Bengals fans there's kind of this little conglomeration of, of a lot of us that do our, our own unique shows and um, all of them are, are pretty, pretty dang good in their own right. One guy who taught me a lot was who's known as daddy O McDuck um, in terms of the, the YouTube, the videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, he helped uh, start me out doing some of this stuff. So, I mean, I guess a piece of advice there for me would be, you know, find, find someone that uh, is, is willing to help you out that knows a lot about this, but it's also a lot of, for me, I'm the type of person that needs to go through. If I learn something, I have to do it. I have to set it up. I have to, I have to, you know, once I learn about it, once I research it, I have to actually do it, maybe a little trial and error. Um, so that's, that's for me. And, and, you know, the podcast business, there's also, I, I got to credit guys like Nick Superling and Mickey, Mickey Menser and whatnot, who had me on one of their shows. So the setup, the flow and all that kind of stuff being, and I was on their program for a while, you know, guys like that really, I, I learned a lot from. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that is, I think people, it goes back to kind of being recruited at Cincy Jungle for writing. And then I kind of was noticed that way. And then, um, you know, luckily I was able to be on another show and then I've, I've, you know, I've been able to parlay that into what we're, what we're creating here. So um, I don't know if that totally answers your question. I'm, I'm definitely open for more talks uh, 
outside of the program because I don't want to take up a ton of time on here with this, but it is an interesting question and it's it's flattering that someone would ask us our opinion. And John, if you have any other tidbits you'd like to share, go for it. Yeah, man, the podcast industry is just like any other industry. It's about who you know. I, you know how I got into this industry? Anthony emailed me one day and I said, yeah, <laughs> because um, his, his partner in crime, Scott, couldn't, couldn't really do it anymore. But honestly, dude, like just, just start writing. Just, just, just write, write some more, get some samples out for you. Look for opportunities on, on websites depending on what you want to write about. And if you can, just try to find a platform of your own to maybe even start your own podcast. I mean, it, you, you got guys like uh, Braden, I forget his last name, but he runs the uh, Bengals underscore NFL Instagram account. And he, he has a podcast with uh, Bengals Perspective on Twitter. And they do one with, with the Downtown NFL Network. Ace Boogie and, and Zim Hude, both friends of the show, they started their own podcast. They're, they're both Instagram and YouTube um, icons of, of their own. There, there's there's multiple ways to, to get into this, but it's mainly just about who you know. And just to start creating your own network and just, just start working. Just, just work work, work, just do, write about what you want to write about and someone's going to want to read about it and someone's going to want to, someone's going to end up doing the thing that you want to do. So it just might as well be you and just keep your options open and just, just see where it goes. Yeah. I'm just flattered. People care about my opinion on this topic. I didn't, I didn't think anybody would, would care what I have to say about it, but um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. And like I said, it's, you know, it's for me, it's been a lot of trial and error and setting up a lot of stuff. I have some weak areas. I have some some areas of strength, and I'm trying to balance that out. Obviously, you always want to work on on your weaker areas, but uh, you know you also have to play to your strengths. So, um, yeah, appreciate all the questions this week. And uh, you know, if if there are, if anyone is interested, aside from Isaac, if anyone is interested in hearing more about you know what we do, any of that stuff, we're we're open books. So um, you know, we just maybe talk about it a little offline on email and whatnot. We'll, we'll talk with you. But um, anyway, we appreciate all of the questions, all of the comments, all of the live listeners. We appreciate you downloading this program after the fact, if that's the way you did. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Megaphone, on YouTube, and CincyJungle.com. If you subscribe to those channels, I believe you get notifications as to when our next live broadcast is and all of that. Um, as well as hearing it on our Twitter account at Bengals OBI. We apologize that we weren't very clear about exactly when uh, we were going to do this show right away, but uh, we had to kind of plan some stuff and all of that. Another programming note quickly, we are going to do a, a uh, an abbreviated show on Monday uh, at, at our usual 8.30 time instead of Wednesday. Believe it or not, Johnny and I we got we got vacations. We got we got we got some uh, R and R time. We finally get to take advantage of. So um, Wednesday we are not going to be available, but we will still be bringing you a show, probably an abbreviated one on Monday, so you can join us at eight thirty Eastern on Monday instead of Wednesday. I know it's kind of back to back to back here, but um, it's how we roll. It's how we do it. So um, John's 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 gonna play some golf. I'm I'm jealous. Hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah, dude! Going on the the old Myrtle Beach to hit up the links there. Bermuda yeah. grass, it's different than what we have in Cincinnati. Yeah, so it should be fun. Yeah, we'll have have a good time, man. Um, but thanks to everybody listening and uh, try and join us on Monday. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.